When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Vinny Duber, the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. The White Sox win two games today in a doubleheader versus the Yankees. And it all starts with uh, TA, a uh, very interesting series. It was supposed to be, you know, kind of a benchmark. Where do the White Sox play against the big dogs in the AL uh, after seeing the Yankees come to Chicago and lay the whoop down on you? Uh, it's a series that I think now White Sox fans really don't care about that. And they just are focusing on Tim Anderson, proving that he is one of, if not the best shortstops in Major League Baseball. Uh, excited to talk about the doubleheader today with my guys. And uh, guys, let's start with Tim Anderson. Three hits today and the all-important home run to give the White Sox a 5 to nothing lead in Game 2. Uh, what do you think about this whole, you know, mishap that started with him and Josh Donaldson and then the uh, explosion that he had today. Well, I think where people are misconstruing everything, I think Tim and Yasmani said it was disrespectful, the whole situation with him, Josh Donaldson, where everybody who wanted to take it the other way got it misconstrued, whereas Tony La Russa said he thought it was racist. I, myself, I am not the person, so I don't know if Tim thought it was. But Tim, in his comments, didn't say it as such. He thought it was disrespectful to be called Jackie. Um, and But I've already expressed to you and Vinny that anytime Tim Anderson, real, slight, perceived slight, whatever it is, he plays his best baseball after that, no matter what. The Ozzie Guillen thing, where Ozzie was talking in the postgame, hey, you shouldn't be resting. Tim Anderson, he's 28, goes out and has a great game the next time. Defense, the best overall game he had, I believe, mm-hmm. I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday versus Kansas City Rose after that kerfuffle with Ozzie. And then the little dust-up with Josh Donaldson, who we all know, that guy's a dick. No one likes him. <laughs> no matter what context you say that word, Jackie, that's calling him out of his name. You're not his friend. So Josh Donaldson was wrong no matter what. It's disrespectful. And Tim took it as such. And then you see what the man did today. Three hits and then the shut the fuck up home run right there to seal the win for the White Sox. That's what a champion does. That little bobblehead right in front of me, that's where he threw the bat after the disrespect was happening to him before. 
that man steps up to the plate. He might be like Jordan, and I know people are going to be pissed about that because he compared himself to Jackie. I'm comparing him to Jordan because Jordan used to take slights, whatever he thought they were, even if he had to make them up, and then he had to play his best baseball after or best basketball after, and I feel that that's what Tim Anderson does. You saw tonight's game. Tim Anderson is that dude, and I love for him. I love him talking that smack, shutting the crowd up. It's a, it's a, it build up to a crescendo. When the Tim Anderson movie's made, this will be part of it. This day will be part of it. Remember it. Well, and it's not just that, too, but it's a guy who thrives on the biggest of stages. I mean, I think this felt, this home run tonight felt a little bit like last summer in Iowa, didn't it? I mean, it wasn't obviously the, the ga- I mean, the, the game-winning walk-off play, and, you know, you didn't get the huge celebration at home or, or the, the just memorable moment, the memorable visuals to go along with it. But guys playing on national TV in Yankee Stadium, and he goes for three hits and, and a gigantic three-run homer in the eighth inning. Uh, forget about a second for the, about the slights, you know, because they could be facing off against the Los Angeles Dodgers in, in late October, and the Los Angeles Dodgers could be nothing but complimentary to the guy. But you turn the lights on real bright, and he thrives then, too. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not a situation where it's um, necessarily one or the other. Or it has yeah. to be both. I mean, the guy, the guy comes to play. And listen, you don't need a slight. You don't need a big stage to hit 359, which is what he's doing right now. You could be playing on a uh, on a on a Thursday afternoon in Kansas City. You, you're going to get your hits. He's hitting 359. He's been the best player on this team all year long. Certainly uh, on the on the position players side. And you saw it tonight. I mean, it, listen, he's he's not the guy who got the game-winning hit. He's not the guy that that pitched his ass off like Michael Kopech did. But what are we doing? We're sitting here talking about T.A. He is the face of this team, as we've said 800,000 times. And you know what? He's one of the faces of baseball, whether people want to agree with it or not. Well, and the thing with him, too, is like he didn't ask to be put in this situation. Right. And he's kind of said that. Uh, you know, on Saturday after this whole thing with Donaldson happened, when the disrespect happened, he said, you know, I wasn't out there bothering anybody. It's like Tim Anderson's just showing up trying to do his job. And somehow, some way, it just feels like everyone tries to put something in the way of him from doing his job. And it just feels like every time he's able to overcome that. Uh, the his ability to rise to the occasion, whether it be the postseason, he's been their best hitter in each postseason uh, series that they've been in, uh, whether it is, you know, the big field of dreams game, he rises to the occasion there. And what I feel like is probably one of the biggest games the Sox have played that's, you know, a non postseason game uh, that's not in Iowa uh, right now, just because the fans were so focused in and keyed in on this Yankee series and then having the Donaldson comments just inflame that even more and then it become more about the game and it become more about you know beating a Yankees team uh you know in this in this American League to try to prove yourself it's more just proving yourself to somebody else because they slighted you uh Tim Anderson just has a knack for this kind of stuff and And it's really impressive to see and I think this is kind of like a galvanizing moment for the White Sox. We saw Tony say his words during the game today, saying, like, this guy's a champion. This guy loves his heritage, loves his team, and he shows it every day. I, don't, I look back to the 2000 team where it's kind of a middling, and then they got in that fight with Detroit. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to get in the fight, but that was kind of a galvanizing moment. Hey, we got each other's backs no matter what happens, even though they probably got beat up that game went on to win the, the AL Central. Maybe the White Sox needed this to wake them up 
it seemed like the White Sox and the Yankees after this, and Vinny uh, said it, like they just seemed like they were just sleepwalking today the whole game. And the White Sox felt a little bit better, you know, having the same offensive woes. But then clutch hits, a lot of hits today, what, 14 hits in that second game? They really woke up. And they came together. Pitching was always outstanding, and the hitting got a little bit more clutch as we got to the uh, end of the game. And we'll get to one specific guy a little bit later. I know you made a chart about that, Sean, but this might be a galvanizing moment. This might be a time where we look back in October. It's like, you remember that game versus the Yankees in May? Those were the times that the White Sox started playing their best baseball, and they jumped on from there. Well, and whether it's because of what happened with Josh Donaldson or not, it you can point to it as that them finally putting it together. I mean, you, uh, for for a while there in game two, for the vast majority of game two of this doubleheader, it looked like it was going to be what we've seen from the White Sox over and over again, which was very good starting pitching performance, and the offense is just nowhere to be found uh, in, in the run column at the very least. Uh, but then they come through with, with the clutch uh, hits of the eighth inning there. Very clutch home run by A.J. Pollock in game one. Uh, hmm. You know... It, this is this is the kind of thing that that wins you championships, right? Pitching, defense, and clutch hitting. There's a reason that it's clutch hitting and not just hitting all the time because it, you know it's a very situational game. But uh, you know, the, the, for this being a season turning point, you obviously got to wait and see. We we had those quotes from Rick Hahn on the day of the home opener that you know some series against the Yankees in May doesn't mean anything if you're not doing it at the end of September and into October, which is very true. A whole mess of baseball left to be played, obviously, for this team and every other one. But uh, for a team that's been really kind of failing to get up off the runway a little bit, this is uh, this is a, a heck of a day uh, for the Southsiders. Yeah, and you kind of just see them put it all together, I think, like you guys have said. I mean, you see the explosion in the eighth inning. They had a, guy, a lot of guys on base, uh, and that was the one painful stat that I heard. One for 12 before uh, you saw Andrew Vaughn and, and Tim Anderson and Reese McGuire come in uh, clutch with some RBIs uh, to drive in the five runs the Sox had today. But one for 12 with runners in scoring position, it just felt like, oh, here we go again. But this is a great resolve uh, from the Sox to continue to have good at-bats time and time again, inning after inning, and maybe you know have frustrating ends to each of those innings, but to stick with it, to stick with the plan, and finally break through in the eighth inning. And after this great Michael Kopech performance, uh, we got 182 people in here for a reason, because Michael Kopech had 15 up and 15 down. Tim Anderson was lighting it up like a uh, superstar. Uh, but the Kopech thing, I, that's a real thing, Herb. I mean, we kind of debated in his last start uh, you know, Kopech struggled, uh, you know, Kopech, even though the results were good, I, I felt that, you know, he, I, he showed some worrisome signs. Today, there's no worries about Michael Kopech. That looked like a legit starting pitcher. Uh, they talked about him being a project coming out of the bullpen for the Chicago White Sox and him now becoming a starter. Uh, that looked like the closest that we've seen Michael Kopech look like a starter in a White Sox uniform, and it was ex- incredibly impressive. Uh, I heard Vinny, or you uh, maybe allude to say Vinny, uh, felt the White uh, Yankees might have been asleep tonight. Uh, I thought that was just Michael Kopech dominating. I don't know how you guys felt. Yeah, he dominated. And remember the last start, he was last Sunday versus the Yankees. He had a troublesome second inning where we saw kind of it in the seventh inning this game. He lost his command. And he walked in two runners and gave up some runs. And then after that, 13 straight Yankees to end the end his uh, start. That's why I said that was impressive. You lost your command. You lost control of your ball. And then you went down and 
killed the Yankees after a team that had murdered your one of your top pitchers and uh, Dylan Cease the day before, two days before that, with six earned runs. That was a learning point for him, and he knew that his stuff plays if he can get the ball over the plate. He knew the Yankees couldn't touch him. And that's what happened today. Mike Kopech introduced himself to a national audience. Maybe people didn't know who he was, but now they do. They understood that he just sat down the New York Yankees pretty much for five and two, was it five or six and two-thirds? He was dominant today, absolutely dominant. He wasn't getting the strikeout pitches as much as he usually does, but the Yankees couldn't touch him. I remember Vinny and I were watching the game, and the center fielder, uh, Floreal, just couldn't fuck with his 98. It was 98-98. Then Michael kind of, you know, threw a 98 kind of low. I was like, no, you've already just seen him two times throw a 98 up top for his last pitch, 98 up top by Floreal. Like, when you got that type of confidence, knowing people cannot see you, it must feel great. And that's what Michael Kopech has. When he's on his game, he has stuff that people cannot see. Because even when they do touch it, it's not even balls in play is average. I think it's got to be in sub-150. So even when they do hit it, it's soft contact, and it's not getting anywhere for a hit. So Michael Kopech, he's gotten up there, and we got an embarrassment of well, of well wealth up that they're at the starting pitchers like we're getting Lance Lynn back Giolito's awesome season's great Johnny fucking Cueto Johnny Cueto <laughs> I, I was wrong and I remember I, I remember you were on the show you're like hey man we're getting Johnny Cueto I was like man Johnny Cueto's garbage I apologize Johnny Cueto you're much better than I thought the two-time all-star is here in Chicago Mercy. Hey, whoa. I mean, let's 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 calm down a little bit. I got real worried when they started to bring out the Gatorade uh, to Johnny Cueto. That's all he <laughs> needed, man. Some electrolytes. Uh, yeah, he just needed a little bit of electrolytes. Got through that to six. Get through that one. Um, and, and it you know feels really good, especially after Dallas Keuchel and uh, Vince Velasquez's last outings. Those didn't really instill a ton of faith uh, into you. But Michael Kopech looks good. Johnny Cueto looks good. Dylan Cease looks good. Lucas Giolito looks good. Uh, Vince, uh, not Vince Velasquez, but Lance Lynn's coming back soon. Uh, so a lot of faith is being instilled into me in this White Sox team. Let's talk about this because right now the White Sox have gone up above. Yes. Sean, do you see we got some shekels? Oh, no, I do not. Oh, our guys, Eli Stein's in the house from uh, Israel. Look at him. He's up and excited, celebrating the win. Eli dropping a, a shackle bomb. Seventeen point ninety. Is that like what is that again? No, it's like uh, like ten dollars. Yeah, I think he gave us ten bucks. Which My is man, Eli. So shout out to Eli. Um, I love shekels. <laughs> I forget where I was going, Herb. Sorry, you got me on a roll. It was Michael uh, Kopech. You're talking all about this pitching staff, and, and you're right to do so. I think we should get to, to Johnny Cueto because he was excellent again. But I'll tell you just this. Sean, you said that Michael Kopech you thought looked like looked like a starting pitcher today. For, he's looked like a starting pitcher. You know what he looked like today is, the, is Michael Kopech. And he looked like the guy that everybody thought that he that the White Sox were getting when they got him in that trade with uh, for Chris Sale. He looks like the guy that had been hyped up as the top pitching prospect in baseball, the guy that they've been waiting for for two years, more than two years, if you include the year he was in the bullpen uh, in 2021. I mean, you know, you, you can't look at one game and say the hype is real, but uh, this is what they thought when you had when you had people saying all offseason, his teammates saying he can be one of the best pitchers in baseball when they when they were saying it in spring training and everybody goes, eh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, they were saying it for a reason and and, and doing this tonight against the best team in baseball, uh, an offense that, I mean, you only got to go back to last weekend to White Sox fans to know what they can do to baseballs, which is, you know, make them explode out of a ballpark. 
And, and Kopech shut them down, completely shut them down. Uh, he was phenomenal, and, you know, you're right. Johnny Cueto, mercy. Well, let's talk about Cueto. Let's talk about Kopech, and then we'll get to Cueto because I think that just the Kopech stats need to show a little bit more of why I think he, this is, you know, the starting pitcher because you, you're right. He looked like Michael Kopech today. Uh, these are the old stats, uh, Kevin. Uh, can we go back, uh, Kevin, to the – Pitches uh, from Sarah Lang, the Sarah Lang tweet. Uh, one concern of mine yesterday, uh, or at least last Sunday, Herb, was the fact that Michael Kopech had, you know, some of the lowest velocities he had uh, mm -hmm. in his entire career. He had six pitches, I think, that were under 91.7 miles per hour today. He, today, he was just effectively showing his velocity, uh, consistently hitting 98, hit 100 a couple times on the ESPN gun. I don't know if that was StatCast uh, accurate or not, but Michael Kopech looked like actual Michael Kopech today. And let's go to the uh, called strikes and the stats. The, the first one you showed uh, here, Kevin, it's the one from 515. Uh, it's the next stat one. And, and, and this is kind of the pitches and what we we're talking about, the quality of the last time he faced the Yankees here. Um, you can see the called strikes plus with percentage, you know, 29%, 25% on his curveball, zero and zero for his changeup and slider. Right, guys? Like he, he was really trying to just will that fastball and that curveball in the zone. And you can see over by pitch velocity, his fastball was down in that start by a, a full tick and a half, basically. Uh, and today uh, in, in his start the fastball velocity was up about two whole velocity uh two whole miles per hour it was fantastic you saw a great mix of his fastball his curve and his slider um and then also his called strike plus whiff percentages uh today uh excellent stuff 33 percent on his uh, forcing fastball 43 percent on his slider and 50 percent on his curveball he was in the zone and unhittable uh like we said it took until uh rob brantley former white Sox legend uh great. to break up the no hitter in the uh sixth inning so uh fantastic stuff and you see you know the spin was up for for kopech today the velocity up uh all those concerns that i had last sunday against this lineup basically the same lineup uh, all just evaporate after one start just because he looks so healthy today. He looks so violent. He looks so athletic. Uh, he looks so strong. It was really, really impressive stuff from the young starter. And before we go on, we, I think we had a 999 super chat from Michael Washington. So I want to uh, salute my man for that. But yeah, and the stat cast was right. I'm looking at baseball savant. They had a pitch for Michael Kopech clocked at 100.2 miles per hour uh, tonight. And another one clocked at... 99.8 so yeah man was raring back had a full week off I mean not off but did not pitch he had a baby boy I think his wife or his girlfriend had a baby boy on Friday that's an awesome thing to have and to see the birth of your child your second child must be you know elating and then he came out and dominated the, the Yankees on national TV as Vinny said there's nothing more like this week it has to be like one of the supreme weekends of his life Probably the birth of his child is like way up there. But this performance, man, I just can't believe how well he looked today. Like I sometimes worry about him because he runs into trouble. The, the pitching maturity that he has hasn't hit yet. I got mad at him at the Cubs start with the four innings. And you were like, oh, that's fine. I'm good for it. I was like, no, this is the ceiling. This is what Michael Kopech can do at his peak. He can make the Yankees look stupid. He can carry a perfect game into the sixth, seventh inning. He can do these type of things and leave the game with the one hit off of Michael Brantley or Michael Brantley, Rob Brantley's bat. White Sox great, right? Yeah. Nin if it was Michael Brantley, it would have been kind of uh, you know, he would have hit in the first inning and yeah, it would have right. been a double too, and <laughs> it would have been a home run, walk off home run. But yeah, 
I'm just shocked at how great he is. I didn't expect this. Not this early, not this year. I was expecting just growing pains. But this is one of the best pitchers in baseball no. right now, ERA-wise. Like, yeah. Did you expect this right, uh, this early, Vinny? I believe it's. I believe he's got the lowest opponent's batting average of any qualified starter. It's ridiculous. I mean, the, I, I mean, no, the answer is no. I, I don't think I did expect this. I mean, I think you knew what the stuff was going to be like, but you didn't expect the the outcomes to be like this because you maybe didn't even think he was going to be going no. more than five innings the way they were talking about him in spring training. But it, it is going to be interesting. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of management, a lot of, you know, maybe he gets a lot of weeks between starts, you know, full weeks between starts. That's very possible. You saw them do it last year with Carlos Rodon. It worked to great effect. Maybe they pull a similar strategy with Kopech. You're going to see them use those off days. You're going to see days when he might be pitching not quite this amazingly, but, you know, well, and they say, all right, six innings, that's enough for you. Because they want him to be doing this kind of thing against the Yankees in October. Mm -hmm. They want him to be doing this kind of thing against, you know, whoever the National League representative is in the World Series. You know, they, that's what they envision. And so they're going to make sure that he's got the, the, the gas left in the tank, so to speak, to be able to do what he did tonight all the way down the line months from now. Shout out to Julius Agers dropping a $5 super sticker. He said pair character doing a classic mic drop. Uh, I have no idea what it means, but uh, TA, uh, you know, with the classic shush uh, around there. Uh, that, that just like a I pair needed. character might do. Yes, just like a pair character <laughs> might do. Um, and then also uh, building off of that point, uh, Vinny, and, and now I completely forgot about it. This has been great. Uh, no, uh, 42 innings for Michael Kopech so far. Uh, I, I wonder when we're going to start wondering about the innings limit, right? So, you know, going seven innings today, uh, longest of his career, looked fantastic. But we talked about early preseason, 125 innings, maybe 130. Uh, how are we feeling now after a couple starts with Michael Kopech? It's all been effective innings, but you're right. You know, you want him to, to be doing this in October. So how do we get there uh, with Michael Kopech? Because it feels like the more and more you see him, the more and more you want to see him, the more and more you're like, oh, well, he could pitch seven innings. So it's it's a tough line for Tony La Russa and this front office to have to ride here. But uh, what are we expecting innings limits for Kopech? Well, here's the thing. I don't. I'm, I'm sure there's that they have a number in mind, but I'm going to give you the answer that, that Tony Larusa and Ethan Katz always give, which is you watch him, you watch him, and, and and I think tonight in that one start, it was very apparent that once he got you know a guy on base or a couple guys on base there in in the seventh inning, it was like okay. Maybe a little shaky. I know he kept looking at his hand. That probably is unrelated to stamina. But, right. you know, the idea that you have to just keep your eyes on this guy. And if he's making consecutive starts, let's say in late July or early August, where it's not as smooth maybe as, as it has looked leading up to that, that's when you got to give him some rest because that's he's got to be ready to go past that, that point. Um, you saw last year Andrew Vaughn just run out of gas because he had not had that experience of going all the way to the end of a season. Michael Kopech has not had that either yet as a starting pitcher, certainly. And so they're going to have to keep their eyes on him and, and monitor start by start to figure out, you know, what he's going to look like 
five days later or six days later or seven days later, and that's how they are going to do that. I, I know that's not easy if you're sitting at home and you're like, all right, he's, uh, he's, he's getting there. He's 20 innings away. He's, he's, <laughs> he's 15 innings away from the limit. Don't push him anymore because th- that number is coming up. I don't think it's as much the number as it is what he can do. And if he's pitching like this in August without them having to do a whole lot of spacing out, they're obviously not going to let it get that far, but I'm just giving an example. Then there's no need to worry in that immediate moment. I think it's just going to come down to to what kind of rest can they get him with the way the schedule is set up, and does he need it? Because he is a very young, very athletic guy, and he might just you know be a freak of nature who can go past uh, what maybe that they were thinking would be a conservative estimate. And we saw... Michael do the same thing he did versus the Yankees last week where Dylan Cease was striking guys out, struck out 11, but gave up the six earned runs. Michael's turned himself into more of a pitcher. He's like, let me get some early outs. I think, mm-hmm. what, during the fifth inning, we were at 54 pitches for Michael Kopech. He understands that he knows that I have a certain amount of pitches. I haven't gone this long in a game, and this was his longest outing of the year or of his career, actually. So he knew that I need to do this to get to the point I need to get to, like seven innings I want to get to. And so I'm not going to be out here trying to finesse these guys. If I got guys down to 2 I'm going to be trying to blow them away and get them out instead of nibble and such. So he did a great job of turning himself into a pitcher more than a thrower because he's always probably had the high heat and can strike guys out. Today, he was a pitcher, a complete pitcher. Well, and Pipeliner USA is saying uh, the guy's ERA is 129. Why are we acting like he hasn't been excellent all season? He, he has been excellent. Uh, that's the point, though, is we're trying to wonder what is the sustainability because he has been fantastic, and we know the pedigree. We know that he has this electric fastball. We know that he's been a top pitching prospect, but can he actually do it fully full, full 162? He's never been able to do that. And if he does, I mean, the White Sox have truly four elite pitchers if he can do that so it's a really big piece of their championship window that's why we're talking about and it it's here. not like he has been going out getting seven innings each time or right. six innings well, that's a and, big point like that's what uh, that's what aces do five innings good nice six innings awesome seven innings is the next level like this is his best start of his career like don't act like this is just some also ran performance in the bronx versus those people this is his best start. I don't know if you can find a better White Sox start than this one. I know there's more strikeouts by Dylan Cease, but this guy, this start well, today was the pinnacle. I mean, Carlos Rodon uh, last year went. Yeah, I'm saying this year. Struck out I didn't say last this year. year. I said this year. He doesn't mean all time. Uh, yeah. Mark Burley threw a perfect game. Come yeah. on, Sean. Yeah, I meant this year. Not, not in New York. Um, but <laughs> going to the Kopech thing, uh, through seven innings, going into the seventh inning, 67 pitches. That is incredible. And what he does in the seventh inning, slider, slider, fastball, slider, fastball, 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 slider, fastball, fastball, slider, fastball, slider, fastball. We saw in that second inning where he got into trouble with the Yankees last year, or last uh, start, he was throwing all fastball. He was abandoning his breaking ball. This is a guy late in the seventh inning still leaning on his breaking ball. He trusted the stuff tonight, and he got fantastic results. This is, this is way better than anything that he's gotten. Uh, th- this year. I mean, this is a completely different pitcher. And if he does this, you know, the next start and the next start and the next start, the White Sox have uh, not a problem on their hands, but just, you know, they, they, they got a, they, 
you know, every five days gets real easy uh, planning on Tony. They have the opposite of a problem. Yeah, right. Exactly. You, you, yeah, you won't have to worry about the the White Sox (laughs) offense if this is according to this, and then it's Cease, and then it's Giolito. And by the way, Rick Giolito's in the comments too. Again, my man, you know, and we get Lance Lynn back, and then Johnny Cueto's doing. Johnny Cueto's not going to be this, but golly, two starts. Here's what I'll say about Johnny Cueto is that last week when he did that Monday in Kansas City, it was very impressive, but it was the Royals. And you didn't know what he was going to do. Then they threw him out there against the Yankees. He just did it again against the Yankees. And that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, uh, this is a guy who you had no idea what he was going to give you. And it's it's only been two starts, obviously, but I think already you're getting way more than than the than the White Sox could have thought could have dreamt that this is what they were going to get. No matter how much Tony Larusa talked him up before uh, before he was called up. There is no and more fifth you- starter debate, Sean. Well, hold on. We'll we'll have to have a little bit of a fifth starter debate after we pay the bills because there is a deal that is also as great as the Johnny Cueto deal for the Chicago White Sox. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. You can make a $50 or more first-time deposit. You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker all for making more than a $50 first time deposit at points bet if you have any questions you can email points bet at all and we will help you out I told you before I left on Thursday to bet on the Yankees money line this weekend I I'm a bad better. I'm sorry. Don't listen to me. Don't take my betting advice. But I did know that Tim Anderson was going to show up today. And it points bet, you know, plus 800 Tim Anderson to get three plus hits. You know, I, 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 I won myself some money today. So, you know, t- not only is points bet going to be giving you this great CHGO deal, but they're going to be giving you the best odds each and every day. You can win money if you know baseball. And that's my favorite part about points bet. You can combine all your bets and you get to the ability uh, to boost your odds as well. So you get the most for your money at PointsBet. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account for start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And uh, CHGO, we mentioned it. You can sign up through the PointsBet, uh, you know, little sign up link there. You put $50 into your PointsBet account. Use code CHGO. You get a CHGO membership that way. You can also help support CHGO by going to allchgo.com and becoming a member that way. We got 228 people currently watching right now, and it is fantastic to see all of you enjoying the free content, the free post-game shows, pre-game shows, podcasts that we give to you. But if you want to help become a member, if you want to help push CHGO even further than we can climb, uh, and you can get premium written content from great writers like Vinny Duber, you get access into our CHGO lounge. It's our CHGO Discord. We can talk to all of the P- uh, CHGO personalities, and you get a free shirt when you sign up to become a member. You can go to allchgo.com uh, to sign up, become a member, and help support CHGO. I kind of freestyled those ads, guys, and uh, I'm not going to do job. that ever again. Yeah. Mm. No, I think you're going to take over the ad reads. I saw you do them on Thursday with Jared. You did great. I think Thank I you, think sir. you're going to start doing them from here on out. No, I'm good. Um, but yes, <laughs> I will do one of them if I'll take one out of your hands. Um, but yeah, they, I want to speak about that Johnny Cueto side. I know you have your well, the whole situation set up, so you can go ahead and do it if you want need to. But man, I am just thrilled that the White Sox finally have the fifth 
starter debate over with. And I know that, you know, we're talking about Kopech and maybe not skipping a start, but lengthening it, his uh, rest time in between his starts. So you can have a couple more of these performances. If you're going to be pitching on six days rest and showing this, please, let's do this again. I'll do it next Sunday again with Kopech pitching versus the Cubs on national, not national TV, but on local TV and dominating them. Well, your man, uh, Rick Giolito, was saying a seven-man rotation. I know that Tony Oof. wanted to go away from that and not really do a six-man or, or even a, a seven-man. Uh, so I would wonder if they would have to pick five starting pitchers. So that's what I'm going to have you guys do right now. Let's just say this is, Vinny, what are we assuming, you know, is, is Lance Lynn's return July or uh, sorry, He can July, come June. off on the ninth. Was it the 6th? It's the 6th or the ninth. I'm not sure. He's eligible okay. to come off in one of the first 10 days of June. All right, so on June 9th, I want your five starting pitchers in the Sox rotation, be it that they not go to a six- or seven-man rotation. Well, I'll, I'll just start by saying, and I'll answer the question, but I'll just say that <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily that easy, right? And I, and I, th- I asked Tony La Russa this. I said, you have expressed a distaste to go to a six-man rotation. What do you do when all of this is, you know, falls into place the way you guys want it to? And he basically pointed to the schedule and said – there are going to be off days. There are going to be things that we have to do with Kopech and others for that for for you know at, for that matter. He said how much uh, he was hoping that Kopech would be back this weekend, so they didn't have to pitch Cease today because he wanted that off day for Cease to get another bit of rest. I mean, th- there are things that they want to do that you maybe couldn't be able to do with a five man rotation, and so I don't think it's necessarily as easy as just. Two of these guys get cut, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, well, and, I, and I, I honestly think that they have some time to play with this a little bit and to take advantage of them maybe being able to keep more pitchers on the roster than they normally would in a normal season. And and so we'll see what we'll see what they do. I, I, I'm going to answer your question here in a, in a second, but I just think that they might be able to get away with gathering some more data and and going deeper into the season than you think with more than just five arms. Oh, okay. I thought Herb was going to go after Oh, yeah, I, so, I mean, I'll give you mine. It's, it's all good. So, Vinny, I mean, what, what are your right. thoughts then? I mean, do you think that you, they need more time to figure out what they have in Velasquez or Keuchel? Or, you know, like, like is that Lance Lynn decision then going to probably knock one of those out of the that race or that, that, that determination? I mean, what are your thoughts leading up to the Lance Lynn return? Yeah, I don't think it's a they need more time to figure it out. I think it's they get more time to figure it out. And, and – you know, you can have all these guys, you know, kind of pitch in various in roles over the course of several weeks. If you've got some off days in there, or you you know, you want to, you got some double headers in there. Certainly, the White Sox have a few more of those left on the schedule. I will say that I what I've been saying, in which I think Vince Velasquez is easiest to move out of there because they were preparing him for a bullpen role before the season started, a bullpen slash starter role before the season started, and they could move him there more easily than they could do anything else. And I think that is probably the first domino you see fall if that's what if that's what, you know, the way you want to phrase it. Um, I still don't think it's easy for anyone to pay somebody over 10 million dollars to go away. Uh, and and I think that Dallas is going to have to be really bad in order for that to happen. And there's a lot of White Sox fans who think he has been really bad. I understand that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think they have to see something really, really convincing because otherwise you can take this to the end of the year and say, 
okay, we just won the AL Central without cutting anybody. Now it's time to pick our four or five best guys to go out and compete in the playoffs because that's what really when that's really the only time in which you need a smaller amount of starting pitchers. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to get to the end of the season just going, all right, we're going to go one through seven every time through the rotation here. I don't think they would do that. But um, there's a lot There's a lot that can There's a lot that can happen, and I think that they can do a lot and shuffle some guys around and still keep everybody as an option to them as long as they would like to. And I just for me, like if we're doing yeah, just be- top five rotation, it's easy. You got Lucas Giolito at the top, Cease, Lance Lynn, then you go Kopech and Johnny Cueto. Those are the five. Yes, Dallas Keuchel will probably get a spot start here or there, you know, giving Michael Kopech an extra day there too. And remember, Johnny Cueto's no spring chicken, so he probably wouldn't be pitching every fifth. So, yeah, um, I would be keeping Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, and Lance Lynn on regular rest. I mean, Lance Lynn less than the other two because of the injury, working him back slowly. But those other two guys, they'll be on their fifth, fifth game start, uh, starting schedule. I would want them to be on that, and I hope they would want that to be on there. And we had a super chat up there from yeah, Nathan Skiba. If you go yeah. up a little bit more. Uh, I got it. There I you got go, it. Kevin. But my, real quick, before we go to Nathan, just I, I do want to wonder, like, what, what do we do with Keiko though? Because if we move Velasquez to the bullpen, Keiko or Equato becomes that fifth starter. I mean, is Keiko just there? in relief because that that it does get kind of messy on the 26 man roster I feel I think it depends I think it depends on uh what sort of rest plan they have for for some of these guys I think I think Lucas and Lance are going to go every fifth day as much as they can because that's they're veterans they're they're these routine oriented guys and they pitch most effectively when that's the case I think Kopech is going to be very interesting because of the management that they have with them and they've already expressed a desire to get Dylan a little bit more rest also so um, I think he's there until it's a problem that he's there if that makes any sense Um, and I'm not even talking about results I'm talking about the way they would deploy uh, the rest of the starting rotation you know, we'll see. It remains to be seen. I don't think it's a pressing matter right now. I think it is something that happens a, a few weeks, if not a few months down the line. All right. So the super chat from Nathan is uh, he's wondering about in-game management, not trolling, but seriously want to know what you think about the in-game management today, uh, gents. I, I didn't think too much of it. I, I was fine with how they you know, let Kopech go and, and try to see how long he could go today. Um, I liked even pushing Johnny Cueto a little bit as well. I was fine with most of the moves today, Herb. I don't know if you had any thoughts. Yeah, Tony did a good job today. He uh, pushed the right buttons. I mean, I know everybody would want to uh, – Tim to pinch hit in that first game. You know, the result was good. Eventually, we won the game. But, you know, here or there, moves like that didn't cost or win us the game. But Tony did a good job. I I was not opposed to Johnny Cueto pitching and giving up those two hits he gave up in the seventh inning. And then you got Joe Kelly doing a fabulous job. And the absolute meme slash gif of the year when he just looks back at Aaron Hicks like what the hell are you doing (laughs) you're on second base you got no speed of single scores you where you going come on man I'm not no rookie I think Tony did a good job I gotta give credit where it's due Tony did a good job in game managing yeah I think really the only the only thing that sticks out the only moment that sticks out would be leaving Cueto in there to I that was the seventh inning right to start the seventh inning or the bottom of the seventh and uh I mean you know he 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 didn't he didn't 
get anybody out. But uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Kelly, fantastic job, kind of bailed him out. But again, the way he was pitching for six innings, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it was post Gatorade. I guess you could say that. But, um, you know, uh, that's basically all it was. And it, and it ended up working out. So. Yeah, and then also uh, pinch hitting wise uh, or pinch running wise, uh, Sheets got got on in, in the second game. He pinch hits Ingle. Ingle ends up scoring, and then he pinch hit uh, Vaughn uh, for Sheets. Uh, Vaughn ends up walking in game one and then scoring as well. So um, you know, it, it seemed like you know the moves that he he did make uh, you know in the field as well paid off. So I, I didn't have anything that stuck out too much uh, from Tony's and, and maybe uh, but hitting maybe Vaughn. Uh... Tony knows Vaughn's uh, profi- proficiency of getting runs late and right, hitting yeah, well. Sean. Yeah. Vaughn knows clutch. Uh, let's go talk about Andrew Vaughn because that was a, a big moment uh, that he had in game two. Uh, he singled into center, scoring Abreu, giving the Sox a one nothing lead. But let's go to clutch Andrew Vaughn and talk about him being cool as the other side of the pillow. We talked about this after his home run off of Gregory Soto. We talked about this after his home run off Scott Barlow. This is in high leverage situations. Herb sent this over 16 at bats where Andrew Vaughn's been in a high leverage situation, either in a tie game, uh, whether uh, whether it uh, you have a one run lead or the, there's the tying runs uh, on deck. 18 or 16 at bats in those higher leverage situations, seven hits, a 437 average, an on base percentage of 500, a slugging percentage of 813, and six RBIs. Andrew Vaughn has been clutch for the Sox this year, Herb. It's good to see the maturation. The kid just is steady the whole time. I don't know necessarily believe in clutch. I just believe in the absence of failure. You know, maybe he just stays at the same level the whole game. And so when it is close and late, he can stay at the same level and come through. He doesn't choke. So the absence of choke is, I think, is what clutch is. So Andrew Vaughn is shown in his first full year as a Major League Baseball player, a first full year of a you know, actually being on the team, he's a champion, and he should play a lot more, Sean. Not Gavin Cheats. I know he has a left-handed bat. He's done all right, but this should be the right fielder or designated hitter, no matter if there's a right-hander on the mound or a left-hander on the mound. I think Andrew Vaughn has proven himself time and time again, especially this season, that it shouldn't be an even split platoon. He should be the, the choice there. So everybody watching, what, we got more than 200 people watching, right? All of those. 250, Vinny. 250 people, all of you, take a drink because Herb just mentioned that Andrew Vaughn should play every day. Every day. There you go. I don't think we've had a show go by where that hasn't been mentioned. Here it is again. There you go. And also, while we're talking about Andrew Vaughn, former member of the White Sox Mustache Club, our guy Stephen Nicholas pointing out that Joe Kelly is now a current member of the White Sox Mustache Club. So just for everybody, keep it score at home. Joe Kelly does look good with it. Uh, Got to give respect to that. No uh, goggles today either. Well. No rec specs. As a former rec spec wearer, uh, that was that was hard to see. But uh, but as a current mustache wearer, <laughs> that was I got I got what I wanted to there. So there you go. Is Do it nice though? Specs, yeah, actually, is it a good help? mustache? Uh it, it's fine. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if I, I don't like judging other people's mustaches okay. because you got to take the risk. You got to jump in the pool, and so that's what I appreciate. I feel like it might be early for Joe Kelly too. I mean, let's see it, you know, maybe a week later, maybe let's see it two weeks later. Let's, let's give him some time there. Uh, but he definitely has the, uh, the balls to pull it off and, and the, uh, the chutzpah to pull it off. But yeah, great to see Joe Kelly uh, bounce out of that and, and get that, uh, you know, good hold in game one. Uh, 
talking though about hitting i mean andrew vaughn has been kind of the only guy that's been uh, doing it for a bit there uh but it feels like the bats are waking up here i i didn't feel like it was going to be this series but the white Sox are now above 500 they are 21 and 20. we kind of talked about this maybe mentioned it a little bit but do we think that this is the last time the Sox team might be below 500 or around this level? Do we feel like this might be a, a catapult moment for the Sox here? I mean, I think it's going to be a jumping off point, but we can play Boston Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then come in and grab, grab two out of three. So we'll be right back at square one. And the Cubs are playing better baseball. I know they're down this year, so it could be a tough week. I hope the White Sox take what they learned in – Kansas City and New York, and propel themselves to better uh, baseball playing because the hitting is, I think, finally there. You see A.J. Pollock starting to hit. Jose Abreu's getting a couple of those balls to drop in. Tim Anderson's been doing all year long. And Luis Robert, you know, goes in slumps like day to day, and then he hits four hits. So I think the White Sox hitting woes, for the most part, will be over. They won't be the team that's scoring three and a half runs per game going forward because they're way too talented for that. That's why we had the frustration there because we know that they're not this woeful as an offensive squad. They're much better. And Tim Anderson leading the way the other day, I think he willed that team to a victory in Kansas City. Went the two walks, stole two bases, scored a bunch of runs, got two other hits. That is a leader. And now the rest of the guys are following him to the promised land. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think kind of the the the, the defining aspect of the first month or so, month and a half of, of, of the season was the fact that it was up and down, right? I mean, like, they, they weren't bad. They weren't They weren't just, you know, they're not a last-place team or anything like that, but they're middling, which obviously is well b- below expectations. But when you middle, you have good days and you have bad days, right? And so this was a tremendous day for the White mm-hmm. Sox. Uh, you know, two wins in one day, obviously, but uh, the way they did it and the, the stage that they did it on, the team they did it against, uh, they, they, can't, they can't slip. I mean, it's on them to not slip back into it. And uh, if if you're, I, I don't know if I agree with you in saying that you know, oh, it looks like they're coming out of it offensively. Uh, it, it would be nice for them if they did, but uh, you know, timely hitting and hitting are two different things, as we talked about. It, we expected this lineup to be able to go out and pour on six, seven runs, you know, every single day. It hasn't done that yet, and, and it barely did it you know, five runs today because mm-hmm. they waited until the eighth inning to score anything. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know if they're necessarily out of the woods. The pitching has been fantastic. It's what's kept them afloat. It's what kept them afloat all year last year, if you remember, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that can be a constant, more often than not, they're going to be having good days, and that's what's going to propel them back to where we expected them hey, to be. Hey, Sean. Pay you know there is a person out of us three that picked Timothy Devon Anderson Jr. as the most valuable player this year? Uh, was it the guy in the, the the tie-dye? It was him. That guy picked him. And we, you know who we picked? Just dumb. We picked Luis Robert. What idiots. What morons. He also I mean, picked just, Justin he, Verlander for his AL Cy Young. And that, that, that's like a pretty over here just too. knowing baseball and stuff. Uh, yeah, Tim Anderson, It's he's crushing the ball. And I, I when he said when, – when Vinny said that, I was like, yeah, Tim's good, but – not Luis Robert. Luis Robert's no Tim Anderson. Goddamn, Tim Anderson has turned his game on, and I got on him because of the airs. His defense has turned up. I don't know what, what the problem was, footwork, uh, just lack of days ago play. He has turned the defense up, too. That's why I said on Thursday was his best performance of the year all around. 
you know, today might, you know, trump that a little bit because of the greatness of that home run, even though it, the game was in hand. But, man, he has turned himself into not only an offensive performer, his defense has been par excellence. Well, and I'll say this, too, and I, and I think, you know, I, I'm not sure – I'll, I'll I'll ding Tony Larusa a little bit for maybe kind of brushing it off when when Tim does make errors or something like that. But one thing he says, which is absolutely true, is that more often than not he plays very very good defense, and the plays that make you go wow are plays that other people can't make. They're people they're plays that other people don't make, and Ta makes them. And uh, he he is what Tony Larusa says he is, which is more often than not a terrific player. He said in the middle of all those errors that T.A. was making, um, you know, if it's bottom of the ninth in, in, in Game 7 of the World Series, I'll take a ground ball hit to Tim Anderson every time. He's not necessarily wrong to say that. As, 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 as glaring as those errors can look sometimes, way more often than not, he's playing very, very good defense over there at shortstop. Dale Shytown saying T.A. is the damn truth. Matthew Cortese saying T.A. is a true star. And Alex saying T.A. better be the AL starting shortstop in the All-Star game. Uh, if not, uh, he'll just you know go to Kevin Cash's house and uh, you know hit, hit some doubles off of him uh, and, and lay it in games. You know, another uh, example of T.A. just kind of getting slighted or, or disrespected in some way, uh, even if it wasn't, you know, intentional on Kevin Cash's part, but uh, T.A. still doing some damage uh, up against him. I want to go a little bit back to the uh, 500 talk because this is a team that I think is not taking advantage of the full schedule against them. They, they haven't had the hardest schedule, and now it's honestly going to get a little bit tougher. You do have Boston, who just beat the Mariners uh, in Fenway. You do have the Cubs, who I guess are a little red hot. I don't, I'm don't. i not buying into that one, Herb. Uh, but you got Toronto. You're going to be Better. in Toronto for that one. You're going to be in Tampa Bay for a three-game series. you got the Dodgers coming into town. You have the Astros coming uh, in mid-January or mid-June. Uh, you have the Toronto coming in mid-June as well. Uh, the Angels you're going to go back out there in late June. You got the San Francisco Giants in early June. So this is going to be a tough, uh, you know, kind of road heading into the all-star break. I just wonder how we feel 21 and 20, you know, if this team falls under 500, is it just because this hitting isn't coming around? Is it because the pitching isn't going to be as perfect as it has been? I, I mean, what were the, 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 the downsides of this team still after, you know, 41 games putting together a full game offensively I think will be the downfall of this team because the pitching you see it you see the starters out here they're doing the jobs they're giving you quality efforts more times than not like pretty much three four three times out of four you're getting a quality start out of these guys now that they've started to do it and Boston they're hot right now they've won five in a row the Cubs are not world beaters the White Sox should dominate them but they're playing better baseball than the first time they saw them early in May. So, yeah, I don't think the White Sox are going to touch 500 anymore because they're a better team than Boston, who's now under 500. They had to get hotter than crap to be three games under 500. So I think the White Sox should take it to them this week, at least two out of three, and they should beat the Cubs at least one of those two games on the weekend. So I'm not too worried about what the White Sox fortunes are going forward. But the thing that would drag them down would be the hitting being inconsistent as it has been 
up to this point. And I think the most specific thing that you can point to is what's plagued that offense is guys not hitting up to where they've been expected to hit up to. And it's it's about Jose Abreu, which, again, he's been Crushed. doing fine lately. So he, he should kind of be off of the uh, the list of scorned uh, hitters for a bit. You know, A.J. Pollock turning things around as well. But you got to get Yasmani Grandal going. you got to get Aloy Jimenez healthy and then producing, right? So you can't, you, you can't have Luis. Uh, Luis Robert experienced these huge peaks and then huge valleys. So um, it's about that lineup doing what that lineup was built to do. And and if that is what happens, if they can do that, then they'll be that team that everybody thought they were going to be because the pitching has been there absolutely. Um, they'll be one of the best teams in the American League. Uh, their, their, their roster says that, and that's what this team was saying for the last – month and a half and everybody was you know tearing their hair out saying oh I'm sick and tired of hearing how early it is well you know you're 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 if they turn it around now or or if they turn it around in June or July you'll see that indeed it was early but it comes down to that lineup and specifically those guys who have done it before doing it again I'd include Yoan Moncada in that in, in that group as well so um that's what it's about absolutely yeah, we'll talk about kind of the the guys that maybe have been performing well, haven't been performing well in just a second. If you want to support CHGO and help continue, uh, help us grow, you can download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your best life with points bet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Um, I see in the comments, Mankata underproducing. Uh, we talked a little bit about Robert. Just had that 14-game hit streak. Now it feels like he's in a little bit of a rut. Went 0 for 4 in game two. Uh, but Pollock hitting that huge home run off Aroldis Chapman in the ninth to give the help give the White Sox the win in game one. It feels like Vaughn's coming out a little bit of his slump that he started. Feels like Sheets might have slipped up uh, back into his slump after hitting two home runs uh, in the week prior. How do we feel right now? I mean, Herb, if you have to go and say, you know, the guys that are golden as hitters right now, T.A. is an obvious, but who else do you feel pretty confident right now, uh, Sox hitter-wise? I really feel confident Jose Abreu. He's hitting, he's stinging the ball. Has been all year. Yeah, and it's not, yeah, you know, the BABIP has not been kind to him. He's been hitting balls right to people. And that other day where he hit the ground ball double play to the second baseman and made a great play, he hit that ball like 111 miles per hour. He crushed it. If he keeps on doing this, he'll be fine. He's right there. I don't too much worry about Luis Robert because that's the nature of Luis Robert right now. He's when he's hot, you you hang a slider that you thought you're gonna dirt. He will hit that ball 485 feet and almost ruin the Kansas City uh, Hall of Fame up there. <laughs> if you dirt it, he'll swing at it. I don't understand why they throw any strikes to Luis Robert. It doesn't make sense to me because he hurts balls inside the zone. Um, as far as Yoan Moncada, friends. He's coming back from injury, so I got to give him a little bit of grace. But that first week, he had two home runs, and I was like, all right, here we go, Yohan. Get up to speed. But he came up a couple times today with runners on, opportunities to get the job done. 3-0 pitch right down pipe, way ahead of the ball, way ahead. 
anticipating a fastball, got his fastball, hit the ball out of bounds, hit the ball to right field out of play, and then gets jammed up and pops the ball right up to the second baseman. But the oh, man yes. can bunt for oh, a double. I forgot. Bunt <laughs> double. <laughs> bunt double in the first game. That was the most <laughs> impressive thing I've seen in a while. I don't know. Have you ever seen that, Sean, where they take the whole infield and put it to one side? I've seen the four outfielder thing. That happened last week. But all the players were on the second base side, on the first base side of second. And then Yohan's like, all right, you're going to give me that whole side? Cool. Duke. And hit it down there so precisely. Every at bat. Do it every at bat <laughs> until they stop doing it. Right? Oh, watched they, it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, Take we your were, hits. Take your singles. We were if paid they to watch shift enough, on you, uh, I would bunt all the time. Man would be we hitting were, higher than TA. Yes. We were paid enough to watch uh, Kyle Schwarber try to uh, swing a bat enough to see uh, that type of shift. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, from our days at the score, we've seen enough of uh, massive shifts like and that. And I, I mean, thought that double bunt would be, you know, the thing that lifts Yohan up, getting on base right there. It's a relief. Sometimes, like in basketball players, all they need to see is the ball go through the hoop one time. Baseball player, oh, a knock, no matter where it is. It's a line drive in the books. It says 2B by his name on that hit. So I thought, here we go, Yohan. Now, today was tough. And Severino's a tough pitcher, so it's not like he was going to get some crumb bum. Severino was really tough today for the White Sox in that second game. Yeah, in the uh, top of the eighth inning, he uh, hit one out to the warning track, right center field, 98.5, 30, 30 launch angle. So, you know, I mean, it was it was nice contact there. So I think that Mankata might have some so, something coming soon, hopefully. But, like, the guys that I'm confident in, I, I agree with you and Abreu. I agree with T.A. As crazy as it sounds, Leary Garcia has been having some fantastic at-bats uh, in the month of May. I feel very confident with the Yuri. Uh, Andrew Vaughn's been fantastic. Uh, man, Mancata has been all right. Like the two home runs have been nice. Pollock's home run has been nice. It feels like he's coming around. Uh, Grandal has been bad though. And Robert, um, I know that it's, you know, very much boom or bust with him, but it does frustrate me because when you see him up against true major league pitchers, like Luis Severino, who's been in the league, you know, six plus years, know exactly his weak points and it's just make sure that that ball is a little bit out of the zone and make sure it's a breaking ball because Luis Robert versus a major league slider that is just properly located uh you're going to get some bad swings or you're going to get some bad contact and that's my biggest concern or at least uh you know thing i'm looking for in robert's growth is is when can he start truly understand what major league pitchers are going to try to do against him and how he can start winning those at bats i feel like tim you know he, he started off that at bat in the eighth down worked his way back into a favorable count and then ended up hitting that home run. Like, I, I want to see Robert kind of understand what pitchers might do to him and make them pay. I, I feel like we haven't seen that yet. Um, but if you throw it in the strike zone, he's going to hit it, uh, like you said, out to Kansas City's uh, Hall of Fame uh, out there. So, uh, I, yeah, I, that's that's the White Sox offense right now. I mean, you're getting some decent performances. You're not getting them all at one time. But I did like what you saw today. You saw a lot of people on base. You saw some crowded base paths. Uh, the 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 – Clutch hitting is a little bit frustrating, but I feel like that will will change, especially game to game. You know, they could have a game where, you know, we'll see 12 runs or, or something like that. We might see an explosion soon. Luis Robert has no better person to look at than Tim Anderson, a guy that allows the ball to travel and go as deep as he can. And Luis Robert, I think, has quicker hands than Tim Anderson. So he can let the ball get as far as it can and start flicking those balls. The, 100, the 102 uh, section and... Guaranteed rate field, the home runs he hit early in the season, he could hit those all the time. 
if he allows the ball and let it break, allow a slider to break it at its natural pace, and he can just throw that bad head at it, and he has enough power to get a single, to get a ball over the, over the fence. Tim Anderson does it all the time. You saw the home run in the eighth inning. He allows the ball to get deep. He knows he has time to get his hands through the zone and get the barrel there to get it over to right field. He knows that porch in right field in New York Stadium is garbage. It seems sacrilege to say, but it does seem that Tim Anderson would be a good Yankee. Um, I, I know I shouldn't say that on a White Sox podcast. Not anymore. Those people were, he, he, people were chanting Jackie today after well, he said that's disrespectful. Right. That's just, true. That's uh, disrespectful. The, yeah, you I mean, better Yankee not. Gary Reinsdorf better come down and say, hey, man, we're ripping up that other contract. Here's some more years. He won't TA, do that. It's not smart business. Athletic defense at shortstop and can hit hit the ball like that. I mean, just take advantage of that short porch. Uh, he would just thrive in a Yankee uniform, I think. But he yeah, should be the, a bigger, the fans, bigger star than he already is. I'm guessing the fans, I'm guessing the, the Yankees have seven retired anyway, so just go ahead and, and <laughs> there's no need to do that. I'm, let me is go it? and find a Yankee fan so I can see what seven is. Oh, it's Mantle because it's on the back of the jersey. Jerks. Exactly. Take the name off it. Exactly. Andy, George Costanza's Andy, kid. George yeah, Costanza's George kid was going to be named seven. <laughs> And that seems like uh, the perfect ending point. That's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame. The Sox win two in New York. Uh, they win two out of three in a very big series and a series that uh, got a spotlight shown on it, uh, you know, just a little bit this weekend with uh, Josh Donaldson's comments. And it was good to see Tim Anderson handle it like a professional, the professional like he is, and then go out and prove it with uh, the bat like he always does. Tim Anderson, uh, we, we, we always talked to Herb a little bit about him not backing up uh, his speak, but I, I think I should never say that again because we only said that about uh, him saying they're the best team in the AL. But other than that, uh, that man has backed up everything that he said. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, my mea culpa on that one. And with uh, Josh Donaldson, I saw Rick Gilito in the comments earlier was saying, uh, "I'm gonna meet him in the parking lot." <laughs> <laughs> I think every White Sox, if, if Josh Van Donaldson, should avoid any trips to Chicago. Uh, you know, for, for, from here on out in the rest of his major league career. Uh, but we will join you tomorrow, and uh, not tomorrow. Tomorrow we have the day off. So actually, this is gonna be uh, an interesting little week here for the CHGO White Sox mm -hmm. podcast. So uh, we're going to have the day off tomorrow, no show tomorrow, but we will have a pregame and postgame on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for you. The White Sox versus the Red Sox, Cease versus Pavetta, Giolito versus Hill, Velasquez versus Waka, and then on Friday we have an episode, or are off we off on again. Friday too? Another right, day off, off on Friday, and then like we're the working Saturday and Sunday as the Cubs and Sox will be taking on each other uh, Saturday and Sunday, Keiko versus Miley, Cueto versus Smiley. Uh, so that should be a fun one on the weekend. We'll have uh, some joint Cubs, Sox shows, some crosstown shows, uh, and it should be a blast this week. So we're off tomorrow. We'll be with you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, off Friday, and with you Saturday and Sunday So for some crosstown baseball. But that's going to do it. Uh, Sean, for we haven't Vinny been Duper. together, all three of us, since, like, when Vinny went to – Kansas City. No, to Denver, right? In the studio? No. Oh, really? It's been a long time. It's been a while. I and mean, we're not going to be together until like the Toronto series the week after. We Why? miss all each other. Oh, because Vinny's going to be at the, the park. He's going to be at the park. It's going to be like a Power Rangers Megazord in here when Damn. we finally, all three of us, get back together. Yeah. Is that where they put the strings together? That's Captain Planet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, we'll do something. They meet up together. That's Voltron. Yes. Big S. Yeah. Robot. Voltron, Megazord, same same principle. Yeah. Okay. 
Our dork powers will unite. I can't wait to see you guys uh, hopefully soon. But that is Vinny Duber uh, in the sweet Led Zeppelin shirt. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. That is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter. You know what my shirt is? Wall 23. Uh, no, what is it? Oski. It is. Oh, that is a sick shirt. Tim Beckman. We have this saying, Oski. Um, our success, knowledge, effort, energy. The K, the knowledge. The K. <laughs> like he was... He was introducing knowledge, and he's like, oh, it starts with a K, guys. Thanks, Tim Beckman. <laughs> and wow. I'm Sean Anderson. You can Some follow me teams. on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Why? Anderson. Again, I'm off day tomorrow, there. but we will see you on Tuesday for White Sox, Red Sox. Uh, thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, uh, Tusk, uh, for that fantastic, fantastic album. And uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday. Uh, go Sox.